thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right. Hey, everybody. Come on. Yeah, it's a good day. Hey, uh, we're going to start a new series here uh, in the month of February where we're going to talk about uh, flourishing out of Psalm 92. But before we talk about that, uh, I want to invite up the Heberts, Murray and Deborah, and your four kids. Will you come on up? Will you give them a big hand as they come? So... Murray and Deborah and their four kids have been a part of uh, Radiant since day one. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I didn't say this in the last service, but this is my triplet sister, Deborah. And uh, I am eight minutes. I got her by eight minutes, everybody. And so, um, and uh, Murray and Dee uh, uh, are headed to South Africa. And, and I'd love for you, Murray, just take a moment. And, um, and in a moment, I'm going to have you pray and, uh, or have Deborah pray. But just tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing and how we can pray for you. And uh, we're excited about... Uh, just all that you guys are doing to, to reach the world. So go for it. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Uh, we are, I mean, bottom line is we're called to build prayer rooms in cities and nations all over the earth. We've had the opportunity to be a part of more than 50 nations building prayer rooms. And so we just, we're going for everyone. And, and we believe that God's doing that by his spirit, specifically in Africa. We see God moving in power across the nation, but there's also a trajectory of an increase of Islam. And so we're partnering with a church and missions organization to push back from the place of prayer and worship. Uh, the trajectory is that in 20 years, Islam will be the primary religion in Africa. And so we're partnering to say from the place of worship and prayer, we're pushing back and going, no, not on our watch. That's not going to happen. And so... Uh, we just believe that prayer and worship is going to stir the church into revival and a great harvest of souls really across the earth, but specifically here in South Africa and many other places, Kenya, Uganda, Ethiopia, we're already seeing God do amazing things there. So we love that we get to be a part of that and really see like when we're here, it's just like we want this everywhere. Mm. So um, yes, so pray so for good. us that what God's doing here, he does everywhere. So good. Yes. I love it. Keep going. Why don't you pray? Okay, well... Unless you want to preach, you want to preach? I'll preach, too. I'll preach. Take over. Uh, I'll take up an offering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say we love you, our Radiant family, and it is such a joy to be on mission with you for this city, for this nation, for the nations of the earth, for the Lamb's reward. Come on. And we are just so strengthened by you and excited to go to South Africa and see what Jesus is going to do. So I'll pray. So good. So, Father, we just say it is our honor and joy to fully join your heart for the nations of the earth. So we say, do what you love to do. Put your son on display in South Africa. I ask for gospel proclamation to go forth with power. I ask that a song will arise from this land, from the continent of Africa. We join your 
heart, Father, that your son would have the labor of his soul, that he would have worshipers, that he would have friends from this beautiful land. So we say, Father, do it. I ask that you would put your anointing and your authority on weak words. I ask for your presence to go before us. We thank you for what you are going to do. And we say, be glorified. Be glorified in South Africa and across Africa in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Come on. Can you give them a big hand? So good. Love you, love you, love you. Eden, you want to preach? Eden, you want to pray? Hudson, you got something? No? All right. All right, good. Hey, uh, we love you guys, Murray and Dee and family. So awesome. We're excited. We'll be praying with you, and uh, we'll get some updates. Will you guys give us some updates? Uh, Murray and Dee, we'll give you some video updates along the way. Sounds good. Hey, uh, also, a little more family business. I want you to give a big hand to Kenny and Peyton Grasha. Come on up here. Love you guys. So Kenny and Peyton uh, were teenagers that came to our youth conference in Colorado and then both moved uh, to Colorado, went through our intern program, uh, moved to Seattle, got married, did youth ministry, then went down and did young adult ministry in California and then found the promised land called Kansas City, baby. And so mm, leave that Northern California uh, and uh, come join us. And uh, and now, uh, I just, sorry, I'm talking a lot here, but I, I'm really excited about um, just your faithfulness over the years and serving um, and, and so many years of preparation, so many years of being bivocational, and uh, so excited to let you know that uh, Kenny and Peyton are now full-time at Radiant Church. It's a great day. And so we love you, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just can't say how uh, grateful and humbled we are. We've been doing uh, youth and young adult ministry for, like like he said, for 10 years, and we've been so blessed to do it here, and humbled by the opportunity that God would give us the opportunity to do it full-time here, but not like, I said this last time, too, but not like humbled, like, oh, so sweet, but humbled, like, I'm ready to go. Let's, let's go. Let's do something. Come on, baby. And so I'm excited that we get to spend time with your students and um, how, how many of you guys know there's not like a junior Holy Spirit? There's not like a God junior. <laughs> That's right. God wants to work in the youth right now, Let's in go. this day, in this time. Yeah. And so I, I'm just, we're excited to love them and to believe in them and to have the audacity to believe that God could do something amazing in this generation, in this city. Why not us? Why not now? That whole thing. Let's go. Come on. That's awesome. That's it. I love it. Hey, will you stretch out your hands? Let's just pray for Katie and Peyton as they begin their journey here. Father, we just thank you for this amazing couple. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you have your hand on them. We thank you for their precious children. We thank you for their faithfulness and hiddenness. Uh, I thank you for the years of serving in Colorado and the years of serving in Seattle and the years of serving in California. And God, their last five years serving here. And now, Lord Jesus, as you've given them uh, this opportunity and we get the opportunity to receive from them, I pray, Lord, that we would have our children, our teenagers that would say, I have sought the Lord from the days of my youth. We pray that they would grow uh, like Jesus did in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And we pray, Lord, that Kenny and Peyton, Lord, would flourish in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, love you, love you. All right. All right, hey, if you've got your Bibles, let's go Psalm 92. We're gonna start this series and talk about flourishing. And here's kind of the vision. We, uh, we came out of January uh, talking about being supernatural. And so God at work, and we do the natural. God puts his super on it, and we step into a supernatural life. And so 
We did 21 days of prayer and fasting together. And I just want to, first of all, thank you uh, for going on that journey with us. Uh, I know that for those of you that uh, are new to prayer and fasting, specifically fasting, that was kind of like a big step and had uh, some funny conversations yesterday as we served uh, Chick-fil-A at the men's breakfast. And obviously the, the fast is no more. And, uh, but, but, but I just want to encourage each one of you on that and thankful for that. Uh, now we're going to go into the series in February where I really want to hit on relationships and talk about flourishing uh, in the house of God. So I, I want to see uh, us be intentional about flourishing in our church relationship, marriage relationships, uh, our families, friendships. And so that's where we're going to camp out here for a little bit in this series called Flourish. So Psalm 92 reads like this. It says, the righteous will flourish. Everybody say flourish. Like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. It's amazing how often we see in Old Testament, Psalm 1, Old Testament narratives, New Testament, how often the idea of, of comparing people or followers of God as like trees. That picture is used often. Jesus does it in John 15. It's very common. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in this series but I want to go after today kind of the first installment in this collection of messages and go after your relationship with the church. Or even to be more specific, the gathering of the church, the gathering of the saints, the gathering of the believers. And so we're going to go after Hebrews 10 here, New Testament text, and then I'll pray. Uh, but just listen to this and know this, that I, my, my dream today is that, is that you would get a priority in your heart. It's a, it's a relational priority, not a legalistic law. I'm going after just a relational priority in your nearness and your commitment to God, what God's done in your heart. And it's not for the sake of a pastor. It's what Jesus is calling you to. So just fair warning as we talk about church. I don't want you to think that I've gone all legalistic on you, but I am going to be, I mean, come on. It's, 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 it's for real today. I'm just telling you the text is for real. Sometimes it's hard to be nice when the text is this strong. Um, <laughs> Just being honest. All right. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, plural, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us, we've got us again, plural, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. <laughs> Welcome to church. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Hmm. Easy to form a habit of not meeting together, but what do we do when we gather? But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Father, we love you today. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to be a church, Lord God, that is privileged to gather, that loves to be the people of God, declaring your worth and who you are, encouraging one another, and then stepping out to being a light to our world. We pray that you would open up the word to us. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I have a really light, funny opening this morning. Um, it's, just, it's just to get, get us laughing. Uh, Renata and I watched a documentary on uh, suffering in World War II concentration camps this week. And uh, 
I just want to tell you, this is a heavy start. Um, I had last service, like, wow, that was really rough. Uh, so fair warning. Um, but we were watching, uh, we were watching this documentary, um, and, and it's the story of Corey Ten Boom. Um, and, and she wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And Renata and I are watching this, and it was, it was just about an hour. But it's her story as, as she's a follower of Jesus, and her and her family uh, would protect some of the Jewish people that were being persecuted and and, and, and in protecting them in World War II, they themselves were caught and taken to, um, to concentration camps. And, and it's their story of suffering. And it's, it's also their story of seeing fruit and God at work. And it's also their story uh, that I found intriguing. It's their story of in the concentration camp, as Betsy, her older sister, would actually die there. And it turned out to be a surprise that... that, that that she would even be set free, but somehow Corey gets out free and she becomes a, a preacher of the gospel and there is a movie made about her and she tells us, she's, she's a phenomenal speaker about what Jesus did. But, but the thing that caught me this week as I'm watching this, and I know this is heavy, but I, I was amazed at how she, um, in, in their sleeping quarters with all of these ladies that are, there's so much lice and there's so many fleas that literally the soldiers wouldn't even come and, 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 and visit. I mean, it was, it was so, such bad conditions. And, 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 and Betsy herself was beaten and bleeding. And there's stories about how they would uh, actually have to strip down and how they were humiliated and cold. And it, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm watching, I'm picturing myself in this situation of suffering and wondering, I wonder who I would be in that level of pain. Like just, I want to just be real. Like what, what would it look like? And the thing that, that, that just amazed me, and it just caught me off guard, was the story of how on their one day off, so six days, they're laboring in the labor camps, cold, I mean hard. And then the one day that they didn't, she and her sister would hold church services right there and sing songs, and study the scriptures, and pray together, and encourage one another. And, and I just was inspired this week. Like inspired, I don't know what you're walking through, and I know that each one of us have different situations, and I know that there's pain, and there's broken relationships, and there's sickness, and there's economic challenges, and I know each one of us would look at our circumstance and our challenges, but I just want you to be encouraged about that story of here are these people that so, so delighted in Jesus. And you could even say that prior to going through the difficulty, prior to going through that World War II season, their little family had such a habit of gathering together with the saints that even when they were in the midst of the crisis and the pain, they continued the habit, not of ceasing to gather, but continuing to gather, even if it meant forming a little community of saints around lice-infested beds and praying and singing together. And Renata and I, in, uh, in 2021, we, we took a group of teenagers, about 50, which was a big group, to China. And we had a bunch of leaders that went with us, so we weren't the only ones. But I'll just never forget, we landed, and then we took another flight to go west into further western China. And um, 
And, and the missionary uh, there had these local pastors, and the local pastor took us, just Renata and I, and we left the teens, and just Renata and I went, and we visited a, a church that was an underground church, and when we got to the church, we parked away from the church so that there wouldn't be too much parking around the place where the church gathering was meeting. And then, and then when we got there, we took our shoes off so that, so that nobody could hear us as we were walking. And then we couldn't walk in a group. We had to just walk single file so that no one would hear us. And then when we sat down in a circle, and it wasn't like rows, it was just a circle. And, but it was a big circle. And, and, and we sang songs, but we didn't sing out loud. We just lip synced. So we sang like Amazing Grace, but we just, we, we, there was no, no audible vocals coming out. It was just singing, lip syncing so that no one would hear us, so that no one would know and that they wouldn't break up the church. And I just remember even the preacher, uh, as, as it was like a whisper as the, as the word was preached and the delight in the midst of difficulty where, where they were so delighted in gathering. And I'm just reading Hebrews 10 here, and I'm just thinking about you and me and this idea that we read Psalm 92 that you would flourish in the house of God, firmly planted in the house of God, and thinking about what it looks like for you and me in our prosperity season, in our wealthy nation, where we've got so much convenience, we've got the abundance of apps on our phone, and it's just so tempting for us to look at church the way we look at other things. We, I'm all about convenience, for restaurants, I'm all about convenience. For groceries, I'm all about convenience. For clothes and those things. But I think if we were to look at Hebrews 10, I think if we were to read Paul, I think if we were to look at the way that, that, that God wants us to look at the church, I think we err when we think about what we want first. I think that we do better to ask, when it comes to the gathering of the saints, what does God want? So in the, in the gathering, God, what do you want? And then not only that, but we gather for God, but I think we also gather for other believers to encourage, to spur one another on. And then in addition to that, we not only gather for God, we not only gather for others, but, but we gather for the sake of the world. We gather that we would literally turn our backs on the thinking, on the philosophy of the world so that we could come together and unite around worship and who he is so that then we can gather and worship and then scatter as the people of God so that those people benefit. And I think that it's just easy for us in, uh, it's easy for me, it's easy for you. It's easy for us to just go ahead and put that lens of what I think, what, what I want with my time, with my talent and my treasure, instead of just asking, God, what do you want? Like, first and foremost, what does my gathering look like for you? And I just, I just think you should know that God's got an opinion. Like, you just can't read Old Testament narratives. You can't read the Gospels. You can't read Paul. You can't even read Revelation and not figure out that God's actually got an opinion. And some people look at church and they think, oh, church, well, let me give you the reasons to deconstruct a few things. And I just want to invite you to look at what the Word of God says, and you'll start to form your own convictions about how important the gathering is. Actually, Jesus is the one who put the church in motion. So it's not man's idea. It's Jesus' idea. 
And Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And that word there is ecclesia. It's actually an assembly. I'll build my gathering. I'll build my assembly. And so this whole thing isn't just made up by creative people. This isn't just made up. You, there's, there's churches all across Kansas City, all across America, all across the world. It's been going for a couple thousand years. And it's not made up by entrepreneurial people. It's, it's decided by Jesus who put his church into motion. So you latch on to a certain congregation in a certain city and whatever church that is, I want to invite you to wherever that might be, be all in on that and ask God, what does this look like for me? Um, I think about the idea of, um, I don't know if you ever sang, I grew up singing, we bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We'll sing it. And, and, and I, was, I was thinking about this idea. That's not really how we operate in, in 21st century. We, we don't want to bring a sacrifice of praise. We want everything to be about us. And so if you flip that and you just ask these three questions, I want to go after these three questions. But um, first of all, I want you to just ask God, what do you, what do you want? I, I gather for God. And God's got an opinion. Like he, he, what you bring to him on a Sunday when we gather, it, it actually matters to God. So we can read some of the stories from the Old Testament about people bringing their first and their best or skipping out on bringing their first and their best. We can go, I mean, we can go Ananias and Sapphira and Acts. I want to go, I want to look Revelation 2 for just a moment. But my only point is that you would ask the question, maybe I don't just gather for what I like. Maybe there's a bigger story I gather. I'm gathering first for God. I'm not saying not to have opinions. I know you got opinions. <laughs> All I got to do is Google. I, everybody got some opinions. But I want to invite you to ask God, what's your opinion? What do you say? Malachi 1 reads this. I just want you to see this. Uh, it says this, but you ask, but how, but how have we shown contempt for your name? Verse 7, by offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? So instead of bringing your first and your best, this is where they're not bringing their first and their best. They're bringing a diseased animal. Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty. Welcome to church. And I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations. From where the sun rises to where it sets, in every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. I'm just looking at that. Okay, don't bring what's easiest. Bring your first and your best. I just think I'm trained to do what's easiest. I don't even, when you go to like a burger place or a pizza place and they give you, put whatever you want on it or here's a name of one. I'm the guy that just says, give me that one because I don't want to take the time to select. I just, I want what's easiest. I want what's easiest on the app. I want easy. I, I like easy. We all like easy button, right? Come on, let's do easy. But if you place that on church, I just think I'm not a good pastor if I don't tell you that's not the way God operates. 
I just want to encourage you that, wow, there's a big story going on. And here God says, hey, you're bringing not your best animal. You're bringing, you're bringing the diseased one, and I'm not pleased. I think it's easy for us to say, hmm, church, I like that. I like that. I like that. I, I, I like that. So I'll make my choices based upon I like, I like. And I want you to flip it to where you look up and your desire is for the creator, the redeemer, to look at you and see you and say, I like that. I like what's in your heart. I like your yes. I like that you're bringing your first and your best. I like that you're gathering with the saints and you're seeking God and you're worshiping. Revelation 2, church in Ephesus I love, Jesus says, I, I, I love you. You've done so many things right. I love that you persevered. But then he, he goes, but he's got an opinion. He says, but I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. Here's the reality. God's got an opinion on our worship. So it's easy for us to turn it into a commodity and say, here's the kind of worship that I like. Mm. I want these songs and I like, I want this on Spotify and I want this kind of sermon. No, no, no. Hold on a second. I want to invite you to just, before you go there, to just start with, God, I gather for you. This whole narrative is about you. I'm just, (laughs) I'm a small part and you're the lead character. And I'm in, I've gathered for you. I was in the uh, lobby last a few weeks ago and between services and I'm just jovial out there talking to people and uh, this guy and I are talking and the worship starts in the second service and we're, we're dialoguing and I'm asking questions and he looks at me and he says, hey, David, uh, love talking, but I'm going to go ahead and head on in because worship has started. I love that moment. Because here's what he was saying. I came for God, not you, brother. <laughs> right? Here's a priority. Here's a priority. This is, this is why I've come. I, I've got a weightiness in my heart. Like my, my gathering with the assembled saints, the gathering of the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people, the church that Jesus is building. I, I, I care. And God sees what's in my heart. And I want to bring my first and my best. And I want to worship in the congregation and declare, oh, oh the, if the angels, if a million angels sing, holy is the Lord. I'm, I'm gathered with the, the people right there in Fiorella's at Radiant Church. And I'm going to do my part in saying, holy is the Lord. And I'm going to gather. And I want to just invite us in your whole thought process not to do what David says, not David's agenda, none of that. I want you to ask God, what's your agenda for me? Because I think that God smiles when the single mom who's got to put a bunch of little shoes on little tiny kids and get to church and shows up and, you know, it's hard and sings worthy as the lamb. I think God's got the biggest smile going. I like that. I think when the couple that has had a hard Saturday and fought over the kids basketball game and said, you were supposed to take them. You were supposed to. Take ah! and, but they say, we're going to gather and we're going to worship God in the midst of this fight. God goes, I like that. I think when you're in the midst of whatever difficulty you're in, you just be like Corey Ten Boom and say, I'm going to show up. I'm not going to give up on the, the habit of gathering. Not for the preacher's sake, 
not for, no, no, no. God, what do you want with my life? And I'm not saying you never miss. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't hear me. I'm not putting some kind of legalistic law. I'm just going after a, a heart priority that you have decided. I'm just talking about where you have thought through the process of when it comes to me and my house, where are we at on gathering with the saints and worshiping God and listening to the word of God and partaking of the things of God? What does it look like? Because we gather for God. That's who we gather for first. If we have that on our mind, it will affect how we think about Sundays. But not only do we gather for God, in addition to just you, we gather for the sake of others. That's the Hebrews 10 text. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. I'm just telling you, it's easy to give up meeting together. I just know, I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that gets the emails of all the articles about how everybody's given up on meeting together and how the next gen is given up on meeting together and how uh, we see Gen Z given up on church. Actually, in our family, there's a joke going on about one of our kids is trying to convince Renata and I that we're of different generations, that I'm Gen X and she's millennial because we're six months apart. And I'm like, I don't care who says what. You cannot tell me I'm a different generation than Renata. You know, like, but, but there's this constant, I guess that wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Uh, but there's this constant statement of, oh, the, 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 but uh, even, even if there's the articles coming out, I just want you to know. I just want you to know, I, I feel like I've been hearing that for years and years. And I want to invite you not to live in fear, but I want you to get a firm conviction. As for me and my house, what does it look like? That's that just, I'll, I'm not going to be afraid, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in terms of me. And God, what, what have you called us to? And if you'll think about others, let us, I'm, I'm going to go because I don't just go for God, but I also go for others. I also go to encourage other people. I also go to be life. I also go, and I'm, I'm going to be there a little bit early so I can give some life to somebody. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to worship in the congregation in the middle of my pain because somebody else knows that I'm going through the most difficult circumstance, but I'm alive in the place of worship, and I'm declared to God. I might be in a valley. That's the cr crazy thing about the palm tree. The palm tree grows in the desert, but you know what? In the midst of this desert, I'm going to flourish, and I'm going to say, I'm planted in the house of God, and I'm going to declare to my God how great, how awesome, how worthy he is, even in the midst of my pain. You can see Old Testament character, Old Testament character, that they were going through the trial, but they were planted and they were firm and they were flourishing in difficult circumstance. And that's you. That's us. So I go, all right. All right. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not first and foremost thinking about my comforts and me. I'm thinking about God first. I gather for God and I gather for others. I know I talk about high school a little bit too much, but I loved high school. So I'm going there. Uh, <laughs> So at my 20-year high school reunion uh, in Oklahoma City, um, I talked to one of my friends, and I was like, bro, are you going to go? And uh, he said, no, I'm not going to go. And I was like, okay, uh, well, can we meet for coffee the day of if you're not going to go? So he lived in Oklahoma City. Uh, Renata and I drove down, and I'm there, and I'm so, I mean, I'm just like kid in a candy store. I am so excited. I, I, like the first day that they put it on Facebook on what the date was, I put it up, priority, Renata, we are going. Like, do I need to take you to Hawaii to get you to be able to go to Oklahoma? What is it going to take? Because I don't want to miss high school reunion, 20 years. It was a big deal to me. I don't know what it is about my personality. All the Enneagram people are going to say, have an opinion right now about that, but I, I wanted to go. And, uh, and I'm meeting with my buddy. We're having uh, coffee before. And he says, I'm not going. And I was like, bro, just go. It's here. It's in the city. It's, I, I drove 10 hours for this. You lived, it's down the road. And he was like, I'm not going. And, and, I, and I was like, okay, just tell me, just give me, just give me the why. 
I said, you got to tell me. And he says, well, he goes, I, I just, he's like, I'm, and he's like, I, time has not been good to me over the last 20 years. I'm, I'm not going to go. And I was like, bro, who cares? Look at me. It's not been good to me either. Let's go. I mean, I'm like, I've shrunk since then, you know, like I was five, six in high school. Now I'm, you know, hoping to be five, five one day. Like who cares? And he's like, I'm not going to go. And I was like, all right. So I couldn't talk him out of it. And uh, so then I go and I'm, my dad is over here. He's a preaching expert. He's wondering where on earth this is going. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. I told you, just like my mom. Uh, anyway, so this other guy comes up to me and he goes, uh, like he, he walks up to me and he goes, he goes, David, this is after reunion, only it's Oklahoma. So he goes, David, you know, and I'm like, and for the life of me, I had no idea who it was. I look at him and I'm like, huh? And I'm like, what's up, bro? Uh. And he's like, what's up, man? So good. And he picks me up. I'm not exaggerating this. He, he hugs me. And so I'm in this fairly awkward embrace. And I'm wondering, who is this? He literally had to tell me who he was. I just felt so bad. But here's what I loved about that moment. He didn't let how he looked keep him from showing up. He just showed up and he saw me. And I know that that is stretching for an illustration today, but I started with World War II suffering camp, so I'm just, I'm desperate today. But I just thought there's a difference. There's a difference of I'm not going to engage based upon my comforts and based upon me. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to go because I've got me first versus like I see other people. And so you go Hebrews 10 where you're like, I'm going to gather, I'm going to spur one another and I'm going to encourage so I go for God. I gather in the assembly with the saints. I declare in the congregation, holy is the Lord, worthy is my God. And I go for other people and I encourage them. And I would encourage everybody, even that for whatever reason, you're uh, online. I just want you to know you can be the greatest encourager from that keyboard or from that phone. Like you can jump all in on that. When my dad was in the COVID unit and fighting for his life, hooked up to machines. There was one person that encouraged me more than anybody in the world. And he's staring at potentially not breathing. And instead of thinking about self, he's thinking about encouragement and me. I'd get these text messages, ba-bam, 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 ba-bam. Great job. You're the best. I'm so, mm, 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 so proud of you. Love you. This is my son whom I love. Da, 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 da. Mm. Meant the world to me. Meant the world. And every time that you gather and you do Hebrews 10, and instead of you showing up and saying, well, my coffee is not quite, it's, it's a little too cold. Uh, you know, like, why, why didn't somebody say hi to me? Listen, I want to invite you. Go the other route and don't go me first, go others first. And here's the thing. I know, I know some of you say impossible. I want to give you the secret. I know I've, I, I, I have discovered the secret to this growing in your heart where you actually care about other people. Paul says all the time, I long for you. He says to the church in Philippi, Philippians 1, he says it in Romans 1, I long for you. I can't wait to visit you, to, to, to share in spiritual gifts. I, I have something to give to you. Now, Philippians 1, he says, I long for you with the affections of Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound. If you feel like, man, I don't care about anybody at this church, you become an intercessor you'll be surprised. You'll start to care. It's one of the weirdest things I've discovered since starting this church. The people that pray for people love people. 
it's bizarre. It's like God downloads his heart into their heart and the intercessors turn into the pastoral, I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Why? Well, God's given them a little, little supernatural love, a little God at work on the inside. Why I care about you. Why? Because I've been praying for you. I think it's one of the best small groups you can have on February 20th when we start these small groups. I think one of the best small groups that exists is when four people sit together at a Starbucks and look at each other and say, how can I pray for you? 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 Great. See you next week. And then I'm, I'm going to labor in the spiritual realm for you all week long. You watch. You do that for 13 weeks, you will get yourself some comrades. You'll get yourself some, some friends. I just want to invite you. Then you'll show up and you show up and it's not just about you. And I know, listen, I know. When I say these things, I'm not saying that you don't have difficulty. I know. I, I was looking out in the first service and I was talking about this and I was thinking about, I, would, I could see people that I'm like, oh, because I'm with you. I know. I look and I see there's so many trials and difficulties. And you start to encourage and you start to build and see others and gather for others. You'll watch how God doesn't mm, come around and just breathe supernatural life in you from other people where other people start to just say, Whew. One of the ways that I love just being encouraged by God is when the fellowship of believers gather and somebody by the power of the Holy Spirit says, David, I was just da 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 and I just know it's caused my heart to come alive. I, I just, I can, I, and I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm lifted up. Somebody's walking with the Holy Spirit, speaking, trying to listen to God and speak what God is saying. So I'm, not, I'm saying more than just kind of that, you know, like, What's up? How you doing? I'm talking a little bit more than that. I'm talking a little bit about like trying to just speak what you sense the Holy Spirit's saying and be the life and the heartbeat and the body of Christ to one another. So I gather for God and he cares. It matters. He's got an opinion. And I gather to encourage the people around me. But we also gather for the sake of the world. So we named this church Radiant Church, mostly out of that we would be a radiant light Monday through Saturday. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, that to be the, the salt and light, light of the world, to light it up. Here's the reality. When we don't gather, we start to worship what the culture worships. When we gather and we come and we learn a new song on a Sunday and we sing and all the angels sing a million angels fall holy is the Lord I can, my heart can't help but sing worthy is the Lord I don't know how it really goes <laughs> great is our God you know like here's what you're doing you're gathering with the congregation and you're lifting up who God is and as you go out into the culture that week you will hear people say oh, let me tell you what's awesome there's this new app. There's this new phone. There's this new stock. There's this new building. There's this new house. There, we've created all these new things and you should be enthralled. But when you've gathered in the assembly and said, great is the creator, you might think a house, a building, an app, a stock, all those things might look great, but nothing compared to the worthy creator of all things. People say, hey, you can make a million dollars in a day if you buy this, if you do that. Oh yeah, this, but that's all fine. But nothing captures my heart like the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The one who has it all. He holds, and he's the star breather. He's the one who just, he's God. Those things won't 
have on your heart. And other people go, what is with you? Hard to be a light when you look just like them. But when you've got a bigger fascination, you've gathered with the worshiping saints, you can scatter. And I think that one of the best ways that we are a radiant light to our community is when we come together, we worship, we encourage one another. Word of God, alive in our bones like a fire. And then we're able to go out and scatter. And over time, it's a dangerous habit, Hebrews 10, that you... Hebrews 10 says that it's it's important that they don't form the habit of not meeting together. I just want to go after that word habit. That's a dangerous habit to form. And it's an easy one to form right now in prosperous America where I can go, "Uh," download that favorite preacher, "Mm," listen to that song on Spotify. And all of church is a commodity to make me get what I want. I want to say, no, it's not. I want to invite you not to have those things be the end game. Those things are amazing for to edify, build you up, but it is not a substitute for what Jesus started building his church. So me and Nathan, you know, if we just say, Hey, we're going to, we, we, people, people, People all the time are, are, are saying, we're going to separate and just kind of do what I want and be isolated, do my own thing. I just want to invite you. The church of Jesus Christ is bigger than that. It's more than you just getting your songs on. It's more than you just kind of getting the sermons that you want. Because in that, basically, those are a means and the end is me and my, my edification. And I want to invite you to think bigger than that. You got a bigger motive than just you. You got a motive of God, others, and the world. So my dream would be that you would just make this a priority. I'm not going after, like, this isn't first grade attendance or we're taking roll or something. I just want to go after a heart standard where you just go, this is a, this is a priority in my life. I'll just close with this. In Luke 2, it's a great moment where Jesus is 12 years old. And when his parents lose him and he's in the temple. And when they say, where have you been? We couldn't find you. Jesus comes back with 17 words and he says, did you not know? And he says, I must be in my father's house. I must be in my father's house. Here's a 12 year old. It's the first words we have of Jesus, which biblically, you know, you can put a lot of emphasis on first mention. There's a value system. There's something to be said here about the first thing we find from Jesus is Did you not know I would be in my father's house? That's where I want to be. It's a place of priority. And even even Jesus' parents were confused. They look at like, what's going on here? That's what I mean. Luke gives us a little insight. What? And I just want to tell you, 21st century America. That'll be how people respond. What? You're gonna you're gonna worship, pray, go on that trip to Haiti, join a small group, serve people care about the hurting in the city, care about unreached people, care about people praying and hearing the gospel in Africa. And they'll say, there's a bigger story. It's you and your happiness. And you come back to, no, 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 there's a bigger story. It's the worthy lamb. It's Jesus. I'm part of the ecclesia. I'm part of the gathering, the assembly. I'm part of what Jesus is doing on planet earth. And I'm going to gather with the saints on a Sunday. And then I'm going to 
be his hands and his feet and live countercultural all week long, pointing back to him. And so Jesus at work today is still building his church and you get to be a part of it. So Jesus is the center, not you and not me. We're just happy participators in what he's doing on the planet. And I want to invite you just to ask God, how can I, how can I gather for you? How can I gather for others? How can I gather for the sake of the world? We you bow your heads? Will you just ask God that one question? What's my next step? Holy Spirit, will you speak to me? We give him your yes. Say, I'll obey. If you're in the room or you're online and today you want to surrender your life to Jesus, he's the better way. He's the better savior that you could never be. He's the redeemer that you could never be. He's the Lord. He's a better hope. Today, you want to say, I want Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior. The good news of the gospel is this. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever, that means you're in that whosoever. No matter how broken or weak you are, no matter how distant you feel like you are, no matter how addicted to something you are, would believe in him. They would not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to invite you to just pray this prayer. Jesus, I surrender to you. Give me new life in you that I might spend eternity with you. Save me. Heal me. And change me. In Jesus' name. You stand with me. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we want to help you on your journey as you follow Jesus. I'd like to know two things. One, right there on the front page of our website is a place, a connection card where you can tell us that you have decided to follow Jesus. I'd like to invite you to do that so we can be in touch with you and help you get connected. Two, we have a small group starting February 20th at our warehouse. It's on Sunday nights. It'll be 13 weeks of learning how to grow as a disciple of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part of that, to grow in your faith as a follower of Jesus. Let's take a moment. We're going to pray over tithes and offerings, and we'll let you go. God, we love you. You're worthy of everything. And I thank you for this church. I look out, and I see so many faithful saints, and I pray for the blessing of God on them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would experience and know how high, how wide is the love of Christ. I pray that you would bless and strengthen every marriage. I pray that you would help each parent and each child. I pray for supernatural grace on our church. Help us, Lord, to be a light in our community. We thank you for Kansas City, God. Help us, Lord Jesus. We pray for Murray and Dee. They go to Africa. They're precious four kids. 
God, we ask. We just don't want to fake it. We don't want to be subculture Christianity. Oh God, we want to be authentic followers of Jesus in 2022. Take what we give, use it, multiply it in your hands. Take our, our little bit that we have. We give our first and our best. We bring our tithes. We bring our whole tithes to the storehouse. We say, God, would you take it? We give our first and our best. <laughs> they still want to be where you're not pleased. That was just that Malachi text where they would bring the deformed animal and they brought what was easy. I don't want to give what's easy. God, I want to bring my best. Change me. Help me. God, take what we give. We want to see a measurable impact. We want to really do this. Thank you for your blessing on this house. I thank you for each one. Thank you for each person, Lord Jesus, that loves you, is walking with you. We honor you today in Jesus' name.